Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. If you had to pick the top, let's say, two movies of all time. Oh, man. What would you pick? I know what you would pick. (laughs) Do you? It has to be Sound of Music for one of them. <laughs> that's right? in my, that's okay. That's, we'll just go top two. I love a good top whatever list. Yeah, sure. Like, sure. I, you know, have you heard the term clickbait? Yes, absolutely. I'm a sucker for a top <laughs> something list. Me too. I am. It's as well. like top five travel items you need before you travel mm-hmm. this holiday season. I'm clicking on it. Yep. Totally. What's the carry-on? What's the headset? What's the neck pillow that I need? I love top whatever lists. Okay, so give me your top two movies of all time. And Boom Crew, this one's for you, too. You can text in top two movies of all time. Jonathan, you got yours? All right, yes. Okay. Uh, First, The Godfather 2. Ooh. Oh, really? Not the first one. I like the first one. First one's great. Marlon Brando, I wish wish he was around more. But Godfather 2 and then The Dark Knight, which is because I'm a sucker for (laughs) Batman movies. So Batman and The Godfather 2. Uh, Super Die, top two. This is kind of funny. Actually, Godfather, the first one. Ooh, I oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm serious. Woo. The first one and then um, Lion King. Lion King. That's oh, a great yeah. second pick. Yeah. I like that. Okay. okay. Now I'm going to have to revise mine because I think I, oh, I think Well, I you don't have to revise it. it. No, no. no, because I love the Lion King. Okay. Okay. Oh. I understand. Okay. I think I might have to put that one on my top two. Lion King is pretty good. Okay. I might have to go Sound of Music. And it might be a toss-up between Lion King and Aladdin. And Aladdin. I like oh. Aladdin. Aladdin's great. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing better. I, I, was a, I was a tween wishing I was Jasmine on that. <laughs> it's a floating whole carpet new world. ride. A whole new world. <laughs> I'm looking Breaking around. Breaking <laughs> I've got Aww, my long princess awesome. hair. <laughs> and little Abu. Oh, oh, Abu. Abu right. is my favorite. Right. Give us your top two movies of all time. What do you think of our choices? Are we... Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just a little background for you. Just a little background. I can open your eyes. I love this movie. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's got to stay. <laughs> stay it. What about you? Text us your top two oh, movies of all time. You can go any genre. Give us your top two, 312-274-9624. Why are we talking about this? Well, coming up, we've got Rob West, who's going to be giving us the top 10 money moves to make this year. We're going to break them down a couple at a time, though. fun this morning we're talking a top 10 list i i love a good top whatever list if i see that i'm my ears are already perked i'm in tune because i want to know what does someone else say are the top travel items i need or the top uh, pajama sets for 2023 (laughs) i mean these are everywhere it's called clickbait a lot of times is these these top whatever lists somebody has 
done a little bit of the legwork for you and you can get some good recommendations. Well, I can promise that these recommendations are as good as they come when it comes to finances. When I introduce Rob West, he's host of Faith and Finance, recently went through a name change, formerly Money Wise Live, heard weekdays afternoon, weekday afternoons here on Moody Radio at three o'clock. Rob, good morning. Thanks for being on early with us. Good morning, Allie. It's great to be with you today. Is faith and finance rolling off the tongue yet, or you find yourself? It is. There's <laughs> there's a couple of Fs there, so I've got to, you know, faith, finance, and yes, a new name, so I've got to remember not to say the old one, but so far, so good. We're only a couple of days in. Now, probably no surprise to you when it comes to New Year's resolutions or whatever the goal setting many people do at the beginning of the year, uh, three buckets yeah. that they almost always fall into, uh, diet, nutrition, exercise, and money. So let's let's That's get right. started with this list you provided for us, a top 10 list. Uh, number one on your top moves to make in 2023 deals with just your own understanding. Before you make any moves, it, you want to strengthen what you know first, to explain a little bit. That's exactly right, Allie, because so often, you know, when we leave home, maybe as young adults trying to enter the working world, even if our parents taught us financial literacy, maybe they taught us how to balance a checkbook or the dangers of debt or why we should stay away from credit cards or the importance of having a spending plan. We may not have been taught about God's way of handling money, because as you well know, God's word has so much to say on this topic. 23 300 verses, more than half of Jesus' parables. Why is that? Well, our money is so connected to our hearts. You remember Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And right. we know that God owns everything. So we're stewards or managers of his resources. Well, these are big ideas that change everything about how we manage money. So we need to grow in our understanding of biblical money management. And that's number one. So I'm recommending three reads, a light read, a new read, and an in-depth read, depending on where you're at. If you want a light read, I'd recommend Howard Dayton's Your Money Counts. It's a classic and it's going to really give you a, an understanding, a primer, if you will, of God's perspective on how we should handle his money. A new read, well, Paul David Tripp's Redeeming Money. I read it last year. It was a phenomenal new book. Paul David Tripp, not known for his money books. He's known for his parenting yeah. and Christian living books. Came out with a money book. And wouldn't you know, his first one out of the gate was phenomenal. So uh, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of Redeeming Money or an in-depth read. This third book is the book that Beyond the Bible Alley was the book that shaped my thinking on money more than anything else. And it's thick but it's incredible. It's Randy Alcorn's Money, Possessions, and Eternity. So whichever direction you go, your money counts, redeeming money or money, possessions, and eternity, try to grow in your understanding of biblical money management this year. And I think God will use that in your life. What would you say are the biggest areas where people have, or the biggest areas of misunderstanding when it comes to money? Because yeah. I think you're right. Maybe we default to what we learned from our parents, or maybe we had no one to guide us at all. But what are the biggest areas where you see people, or maybe they think they know, but it, they may be far off? Yeah. Well, I think some of these areas of misunderstanding start at the heart level, because I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is we fail to realize that we should allow our values to inform our financial decisions. And not just so our what, bills, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's back up and say, hey, I want to control money and give every dollar a name. 
And I ultimately wanted to tell a story about what's most important to me. And I hope that story aligns with what truly is most important to me. I'm not taking my cues from this world, but I'm saying, Lord, where are you taking me or us in our financial lives? Where are, you know, what's in the future for us? And how can money become a tool to accomplish your purposes in my life? So often we flip it. And our money is just chasing the things that we're doing to try to keep up with the Joneses or we've fallen into the comparison trap or, you know, so many other things that the world says money can provide. But at the end of the day, we know it can't. So that number one on Rob's uh, top 10 list to grow in understanding of biblical money management. And hey, just an FYI, I'm going to give you a resource so you don't have to try to write down every book title and every website. Uh, We're going to get your resource. So all of that is linked to there. So just stay tuned for that. But let's go to number two. What's number two on your list, Rob? Yeah, this may surprise you. It's to begin a gratitude journal. This one is surprising. This one is definitely surprising when you think about money, because I think about this in more of the uh, journal, how am I get time management category? Why does the gratitude journal fit in with money? It's going to change your thinking in this whole area. And I think that's really so key as we jump into a new year and think about the money moves we want to make is we need to start with our hearts and there's nothing that's going to shape your thinking more effectively in this area of money management than just realizing what an abundance you already have before even the first dollar. And so if you were to take just maybe a few minutes at the beginning or the end of each day in a separate journal that maybe you have laying around the house that you might just record a couple of things you're grateful for, it'll over time begin to help to reorient your thinking so that you understand, you know what, Lord, uh, even though maybe I'm facing some financial challenges or, uh, you know, I'm struggling to see where things are headed this year financially or, you know, inflation's really taken a toll on our budget and we're just kind of frustrated. You have given us so much, you know, starting with the fact that you are the ultimate giver and gave us your son so we could be reconciled to the father uh, in, in our right relationship with him. I mean, let's start there and then let's just begin to reflect each day on all that God has has provided. And I know that over time that will reshape your thinking and and perhaps give you a different perspective, maybe an eternal perspective about handling his money. Mm. Rob West, our special guest this morning, is going to be with us uh, the rest of the week as we walk through his top 10 financial moves for 2023. We've got the first two. Number one, grow an understanding of biblical money management. Number two, start a gratitude journal. What is number three and how can you get uh, a hold of this resource? I'm going to tell you in two minutes. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Top 10 financial moves to make in 2023. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next couple days with our special guest, Rob West, host of Faith and Finance, weekday afternoons here at 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Uh, So let's go to uh, number three on this list. Sometimes we need to look at our foundation of a house and of our money. Give us number three, Rob. 
That's right. We want to strengthen our financial foundation. So how do we do that? Well, uh, I'm offering a couple of suggestions here. There's a number of things you can do, but the first is related to that emergency fund, Allie, that we yes. talk about a lot of times on the program. So the recommendation here is three to six months expenses in liquid savings. So this is not invested. This is not, you know, even though I realize you may not be earning a whole lot of interest, this is liquid, which means it's readily available for the unexpected. Now, the key is to make it truly for the unexpected. So we know tires are going to wear out. We know we're going to need, you know, an oil change. Those aren't for your emergency fund. It's when something comes out of left field, you've lost a job or you have a perfectly good appliance that just all of a sudden goes, you know, haywire on you. I mean, that's where your emergency fund comes in. So those three to six months expenses in liquid savings are really critical for your financial foundation. Here's my suggestion. If you're not there yet, try automating your savings. Mm. So you just have a certain amount every month that comes right out of your checking account after your paycheck comes in, right into your separate emergency savings account. It may be $25, $50, or $100 a month. That's okay. But let's automate it so it happens automatically and you don't have to wait to see if there's something left over or remember to do it. The second thing is, and this is a big one that I see so many people, they just haven't thought about this, and that is to make sure your spouse has the details on your financial information and trusted advisors. Mm. You know, so often, Allie, one of the married couples has just a greater interest in finance. Maybe they're more detail-oriented, so they become the de facto bookkeeper. Well, that's not a bad thing as long as we're making decisions together. The challenge is the other spouse so often is left out in terms of what if the Lord were to take that other spouse home? Uh, Do I know where all the information is? You know, am I going to be searching for all of the logins and the account information and who do I call and, you know, who's our insurance person and our tax person and our investment advisor if we have those. So we need to have all of that in one place, beginning with all, a listing of all of the accounts, our assets, our liabilities, um, but also the access information and the contact information for trusted professionals. Now, on a super practical note, what's the best way, because I've wondered about this, to kind of store that? Because I think a lot of people will fear, wow, if I just list out all this stuff now, when when you think about identity theft and yeah. the, when your information gets accessed without your consent, what's the best way to compile that and have it in a safe place where it's accessible, but doesn't make you vulnerable? Yeah, that's a great question, Allie. So I think you've got a couple of options there. One would be more of an analog approach. So hopefully you have a fireproof safe at home where you're keeping, you know, the documents like tax returns and social security card and things that you need to save forever, but you also want to make sure they're secure. You could literally write it all down and put it in that fireproof safe if you'd prefer to keep it offline. If not, I'd probably use one of the more encrypted type uh, apps or software packages, you know, like Evernote or, you know, one of these where you could keep it there, put a password on it. It's uh, it's stored in the cloud, but it's using some encryption if you're comfortable with that. So no Google Docs for this one, obviously. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. I mean, that's just me. I don't know. 
Rob West with us right now. Top financial 10 moves, top 10 financial moves to be making in 2023. We're going to be having him with us uh, throughout the week. We've given you the first three. We don't want to overwhelm you. So we're going to stop there and let you go for today, Rob. Thanks for being with us. Allie, it's always great to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Hey, if you want this resource, it's going to have the whole 10, but you're going to want to listen each day for that context. I got a keyword for you. Text the word money to 312-274-9624. All of these are listed out with hyperlinks. Text money to 312-274-9624. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. You know what sport has taken over and I find it fascinating? What's Cricket. that? Pickleball. <laughs> pickleball, yes, you yes. are correct about that. I mean, I learned how to play pickleball in PE class, but it has res- made a resurgence like crazy. It's going to be the Olympics. I didn't, is, is it, it really? Yes. I didn't know that pickleball was was invented more than a couple of months ago. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, it's it's been around a while, but I don't remember hearing about it for about fifteen years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I take my kids to the gym over holiday break, and none of the basket only one of the three basketball courts were available because the other ones were taken over by get this, <laughs> a senior pickleball tournament. Oh, hey. Ooh. And I was joking with the guy who runs the gym. He's like. The seniors do not mess with their pickleball time. That's like, right. They don't, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred kids trying to use the gym. They no. have this time. Oh, that's funny. And they're going to use it that's for pickleball. pickleball I thought, man. you know what? <laughs> more like tennis, power, isn't it? More power to, to you. I love it. I, I mean, is it like tennis? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's like basically you have these uh, bigger, wider, square kind of paddles. Okay. And then you have the ball is much smaller. Yeah, the ball it. is is. Uh, smaller than a tennis ball, but it's like oh. a wiffle. Not much smaller, but it's okay. uh, it's like a, a wiffle ball, kind of a wiffle ball size. Actually, I wouldn't even say it was probably smaller than a tennis ball. Why is it pickle ball? I have no idea because you're am, in a pickle. I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> and so, if you play pickleball at a like a at a pretty decent level, would you call in right now? Because I really do have some questions for you. So, <laughs> if you are like a pickleball and more than just like. I know what it is. I played in PE because I did that. But if you actually play pickleball, call me because I got a couple questions for you. 312-274-9624. I just started to search why is it called pickleball and I got why is and the rest of it filled in. Why is it called pickleball? (laughs) (laughs) So everybody wants to know. There some, I have some questions um, for you, pickleballer. Is that you? Come on, call in because uh, we need to hear some explanations, pickleball. some more context. 312-274-9624. Pickleballers only, 312-274-9624. Jenny, first-time caller from Bolingbrook. Thank you. You play pickleball every Tuesday and Thursday. Is that right? I do, and I cannot wait for Tuesdays and Thursdays. (laughs) How long have you been playing pickleball? I've actually only been playing since September, but my brother showed me how, and now now I'm hooked. Okay, so what is it about this sport that's made it so popular all of a sudden? I think it's because you can play literally at any age. I play with people who are pushing 80, and I'm in my 50s, and they are beating me. (laughs) (laughs) So what does it take to be good at pickleball? 
Well, the best thing, the best qualities to have are just agility. But even if you don't have agility, if you have quickness with your hand and you know the angles of how to hit it, you can be successful at any age. And that's what's so fun about it. Jenny, thank you so much. First time caller from Bolingbrook. Plays pickleball <laughs> every Tuesday and Thursday. You're getting a Carlin Crew prize pack yes. just for answering my questions right. about pickleball. You never know what's going to come up here on the morning show. My curiosity leads to your Carl and crew prize. <laughs> That's a good way to think about Coming it. Up, as promised, we've got a team member taking a big trip. You probably guessed who it is based on his voice not being here right now. But you're going to hear from him. Where is he going this week? Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and crew mornings. Off to the Holy Land, yes siree, Bob. So, Carl, tell us about this trip that you're taking to Israel. Excited about this thing. Uh, I'm going to be calling in from Israel, different sites. Uh, I'm going to have to do it after the fact. Uh, a couple of the highlights that I'm really excited about, we're going to be going to Zapori on Saturday. We're going to be in Zapori. Now, you hear Zapori, and you don't recognize that name because it's not in the Bible. But it is a site that has been excavated. By the way, 37,000 sites in Israel have been investigated, and Israel's the size of New Jersey. Wow. 37,000 sites. But wow. there's <laughs> untold thousands more that have never been excavated. They're working away on them. But Zapori is an amazing site that we're going to be going to. In fact, when I call in on Monday, I'm going to do kind of a rehearsal of this visit because it's a cool site. It was excavated um, and when it was excavated, they got back to the very date of 2,000 years old. That's what they uncovered were the streets of Zapori 2,000 years ago. Now, here's what's amazing. When you stand on the streets of Zapori, you can look up and see Nazareth. Wow. Okay, oh, so you cool. can see where N Jesus would have come with Joseph, his daddy, to sell their wares. Now, how do I know this? Mm. Zapori is a open-air mall. And... It, what they excavated shows, you know how you have the directories in a mall? You walk into Woodfield Mall and you've got this big directory. Yes. You go here for that. Oh, for sure. Right, well, right. they had a directory 2,000 years ago. It was made out of mosaics. And so you stand in one little room and you see the mosaics of where those kiosks are for those different wares. So if it's linens, you go here. If it's... Um, axes and shovels you go there if it's whatever you need and if it's wood goods carpentry type stuff that's built you go here you can see on the directory where to go to this co-op kiosk where people came and sold their wares undoubtedly jesus and joseph would have stood there solding their wares wow i love that have you you ha you've Man. been to Israel? I've been to Israel three times. Three times. I've been okay. to Zapori twice. I'm going to go there again. It's not a common sight. In fact, Jim Coakley, who's helping lead this from a theological perspective, he's never been there with a group. He's been there twice alone. Oh, really? But he said, "I'm so glad you asked Omer to take us there because this is epic, guys." When you go down the streets of Zapori, walking on the rock, you can the 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 stone is rutted out where the carts went down. It's so much wear on the stone rocks mm -hmm. that there's there's cart ruts in those in those rocks. Wow. Of oh. two thousand years ago. How cool is that? What what are Ooh. you 
What are you hoping that God will do during this trip? Because I'm, you've been before, so yeah. you've seen a lot of it before. But what, what are you believing God for this trip? It's a really good question, Allie. I think for me, I'm going to do something different. Usually in the past, when I've gone on these trips, I've, you know, it's about going to these sites, seeing them, looking at the spiritual significance. But I think, interestingly enough, what I'm going to do is actually commit to, I'm going to commit to having a real True North devotional every morning that's aiming us at the sites that we're going to so that we're maximizing that experience. Wow. So I'm going to be... I'm going to be a pastor while I'm over there, and I'm fired up because I think heading in 2023, and I'm hoping that you glean from this too, Boom Crew, as I call back in. Be here next week, every day. I'm going to be calling in, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be calling in here and giving you some good deposits of truth and maybe a little snippet of each devotional that I give on that day. Because, listen, at the end of the day, these are historical sites but they have huge spiritual significance. Sure. And if you see them just as historical sites, not good, but you see the spiritual significance, look out. And the spiritual significance of Zippori is this. Here we are standing there in this incredible ancient city that's been fully excavated right down to, I mean, guys, the textile kiosk, you walk in there and you can see in mosaics laid out what, you can purchase. You can go into the mosaics area where the the contractors would come to your home and put down these kind of designs in your home. The mosaics are still there. Wow. It's crazy. But you walk around the corner just a few hundred yards and there's a Greek amphitheater where Christians would have been fed to the lions. So it all comes to life the reality of it all. 2,000 years ago, these sites, and many much more ancient that we're going to be visiting in Israel. Historical sites with huge spiritual implications. And the fun thing is we're going to get to, we'll be here, but we're going to get to kind of go along uh, through some different interviews that Carl has recorded with uh, Omer Eschel, who's CEO and co-founder of The Bible Comes to Life, and then some live check-ins. So you're going to get to learn as they go, yep, which I'm excited about. It's going to be tremendous. So hang on, buckle up, get a swig of water. Let's go to Israel. Go to Israel. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, Boom Crew, we've got a treat for you today. I've got Omer Eschel with me here, and uh, we are on a trip to Israel. But we've wanting to give you an overview of this incredible ministry. The Bible comes to life. Omer, good to have you with us today, man. Yep. So uh, give us a little overview of The Bible Comes to Life. Well, The Bible Comes to Life is a travel ministry. It's not a company. It's a travel ministry. So our main objective is to prove the Word of God via archaeological digs. And the best way to do it is by having a study tour like yours here to Israel where we see the truth of God through archaeological finds. Archaeological finds, a lot of people think about archaeological finds and they think about a a trip that is taken to a country and there's a dig and then they find something. Very different in Israel. Every day there are finds. Actually, every minute. I mean, let's, t- let's look at our watches. Hold on. There There's you go. another they one. Find another, yeah, they find another one. That's true. Yeah. 
explain that. What's going on that that and and there's untold tells what to tell, by the way. We'll get Mm -hmm. to that in a moment. But there's untold digs that are happening right now. Why is that happening so prolifically in Israel? God chose this land as being the only land bridge between three continents. There's no other place like this on the planet. So basically all major empires went through the Holy Land, everybody. So basically, you know, you have 37,000 archaeological sites in a land which is about the same size of New Jersey. And from them, 5,000 are biblical era. And I have a pop quiz for you. How many of those 5,000 biblical era (laughs) sites contradict the Bible? None. None. Not one. Not even one. Isn't that astounding? It's, it's God. It's, it's not God. astounding. It's God. I mean, it's, it's astounding, I think, in that there's been a lot of attempts at refuting the scriptures through archaeology. Um, I want to tackle one here. There's a lot of discussion that there's no archaeological evidence for the Exodus. Tackle that one. Well, let's start with that saying there's a lot of no archaeological evidence for a lot of things. For example, they said there was no King David, and now we found the name David in a Stella in the city of Dan. So up until this moment, they said there are no archaeological finds. But here I'm going to throw something quickly out here to the, to the air. During the time of Joseph, there was an empire called the Abiru. Abiru are part of the Hyksos Empire. They were Canaanites. They were from the land of Canaan, like Jacob. Jacob yep. technically was a Canaanite. When you look at the Abiru, the Abiru, there's nobody is saying that they were not there in Egypt. They were. Abiru and Hebrew is very, very close. The name is very close. And during Seti, Seti I, around the 13th century BCE, there was a coup in Egypt. And if you look at the scriptures, it says, and there was a new pharaoh who did not know Joseph. It's not that he did not know Joseph. It's a new regime. So we have the, the, the climax of the Exodus already known in history and in archaeology. The only thing we don't we didn't find yet are the wheels and uh, the remains of Pharaoh army inside the uh, the Red Sea. Yeah. Other than that, we got everything there. Yeah, the Red Sea. It's uh, there's some question as to where they may have crossed, uh, but there's plausibility because God of miracles at any juncture. What, where do you speculate the crossing was? That's my own speculation. Just me. Yeah. I think it's on the west side of the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, basically, when you cross from the Nile, if you take from the Nile a little bit to the east, you're going to reach the, the Red Sea over there. I think that's the place where they crossed. The metaphor of the captives being set free and the parallels with the Messiah Jesus are replete in Scripture. Uh, we find that the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness is often a metaphor for living between slavery and ultimate freedom in that land of spiritual ambiguity. We live in a world today that's filled with desert wanderers, don't we? Uh, we live today uh, almost in an end time, uh, end yeah. time thinking, but yes, absolutely. Millennials. Uh, more tomorrow, guys. We're going to be tackling this day by day. Omer Eshel, give me your web- website, my friend. Well, it can either Google The Bible Comes to Life or use our acronym TBCTL.com. TBCTL. Dot com, okay. The Bible comes to life. The Bible comes to life. Say it one more time. T B C T L dot com. Okay. The Bible comes to life. You can Google it up and maybe find it easier that way. <laughs> <laughs> more tomorrow with Omer Eshel. We are touring Israel. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. 
Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.